Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything, life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of The Surge Effect. All right, so in today's podcast, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, science and um, climate science, all that fun stuff. Um, but before we get started, uh, I'm just going to make mention about our sponsors today. So our first sponsor is Love My Legs, Owen Sound Grey Bruce. Love My Legs allows you to strut with confidence, offering three styles of waistbands for comfort and wearability and the only lifetime guarantee in the business. For more information, just follow them on Facebook at Love My Legs Owen Sound. Just click on the link below and you will find more information on their company. Our second sponsor for today is He Shirts, She Shirts. Once again, click on the link below this uh, video and uh, check them out at t-shirtsshirts.ca. They are more than just a t-shirt company. They sell a lot more than just t-shirts with sayings on them. Okay, go over and check them out. Be much appreciated. Okay, so we are going to um, get right into the to the podcast here. And um, first off, before I get into talking about uh, science and and climate uh, I want to show the first little video clip actually of um, uh, Kevin McCarthy the uh, speaker of the house the other day he was uh, in a little scrum out the front and uh, he was getting asked some questions and um, the other day they were having a um, uh, testimonies with um, two IRS agents top-of-the-line IRS agents um, in regards to, of course, all the Hunter Biden stuff. So I just want to shut, uh, start off this video just with this little clip of Kevin McCarthy talking about it first. Uh, it's about three minutes and change, but you kind of get the idea in regards to how the media works down in the States, and, and globally for that matter. I mean, it, it goes all around the world. Um, but let's uh, just let Kevin go ahead and start her off. Do you support the efforts of some of your members to defund the office of Jack Smith? Of Jack Smith? Look, uh, I haven't gotten into that. I just want to make sure that we have some equal justice as we go through. Um, I, I found it very interesting. Who's from CNN? They had breaking news yesterday. You know what the breaking news was? They covered it. Jack Smith went to Subway. That was breaking news. I now, Jack Smith, if you don't know, Jack Smith is the prosecutor that's prosecuting Trump. CNA had breaking news that, well, you just heard it, that he went to a subway instead of this. I would hope CNN would have their cameras on the hearings today and listening to two IRS agents who are telling you a story that don't have a political bias, that simply represent the country. And they have found what has happened is so egregious that they would come forward in their own expense to go to the American public because what they were denied to be able to do their job for one simple reason. The person's last name was Biden. And let me ask you and all of America this question. I've had my own business. 
Many Americans have their own business. When they have their own business, they produce something. And when they produce something, they have a name to that business. They usually just have one. They don't create a shell company to be paid. When someone pays them, they pay directly to the business and they get the product they make. Apparently, the product the Biden family was selling was influence. While the president was vice president, 16 of the 17 payments from Romania were paid. The president had a vice president at that time had a lot to do with what was happening in Romania. Hunter Biden didn't even pay taxes on this influence. It went from one shell company to another down to nine different family members. When the President Biden was running for office, he told the American public in October that they family got no money from China. He can't say that now. It's proven, based upon the, these investigations, that they did get money from China. He said he had no dealings with the family business. We now have proof he went to meetings. It just raises more and more questions. The question I have for all of you, when are you going to ask me a question about it? When are you going to follow what we're finding? Do you not find that disturbing? If two IRS whistleblowers came for, do you not find it disturbing that 16 of the 17 payments were paid while he was vice president? Do you not find it concerning what product do they produce? If they're specializing in foreign countries, why are all the countries, China, Romania, Ukraine, why wouldn't the other foreign countries like France or Ireland or Germany hire them as well? Why would you have to have 20 shell companies when your father and brother is vice president? Why would you allow the Department of Justice to have the statute of limitations run out but be so fast in their indictments of your political opponents? Take your politics away. Put your reporter badge on. And as the lady across the way that has a blindfold on and a scale of equal justice, Shouldn't you raise that question too? You see, it's a two-scaled system of justice down in the states, and if, if other people don't understand that or see that, that are watching this go on, it's unbelievable. Because, like I've always said in different podcasts, whether you like Trump or whether you hate Trump, I got no skin in the game. It's it just you want to be fair. You want to be fair and equal for both. They raked him over the coals for a phone call. Think about it. If the roles were reversed and this was this was him, and he had seven or over 20 shell companies. I'm going to cover this a lot in another podcast. I don't want to get too deep into it right now, but my next podcast will be on those two IRS uh, testimonies, those two IRS agents who are uh, forensic um, criminal investigators for the IRS in the States. Top of the line dudes, really, really high up. And uh, these two guys became the whistleblowers because they're the ones that were in doing the investigations. It is it is intriguing. That'll be on my next podcast. So um, I hope you can uh, tune in for that one. Um, so what we're going to do here now is just jump into what I just discussed. Uh, we're going to talk about um, science. Science and climate. People, for some reason, 
I always hear people say, you know, there's like uh, X number of tornadoes down in Tornado Alley or or there's hurricanes or there's more uh, weather patterns that are going on that it's um, it's uh, climate change. It's, uh, you know, global warming, all that stuff, right? So these people that, that say this, but let's follow some science. So in this podcast, I'm going to do science. So these guys in my book to, to uh, put on these videos, they're going to explain to you with data that they have for like data from thousands and thousands of years ago. And they're going to explain to you how this works. And hopefully it will enlighten you. Because like I've told people in the past, I just literally just told my, my niece this the other day, that when people know information, you know information from the stuff that you've been given, the stuff that you've read or what stuff you've seen. So that's all you know. But when somebody introduces more information to you, then you know more. So now you know more information and you, you know better than what you knew before, right? So I'm going to lay this on you, and hopefully it's going to uh, enlighten you just a little bit. So right off the bat, first things first, I'm going to re- read you this little article. This article is from the New York Times. This was dated in January the 6th, 1978. So an international team of specialists, they concluded from eight indexes of climate that there is no end in sight to the cooling trend of the last 30 years, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. A gradual increase in area of the Northern uh, circumpolar vortex, the massive low of frigid air around the Arctic, has been recorded by Dr. Engel and uh, Korsh. Over 1976, in southern extent was the greatest in 10 years and the last winter it was one percent larger than in any other previous winter observed snow and ice cover the northern hemisphere have varied greatly but there has been a net increase according to a satellite photographer analyst by dr george j Kula of columbia university anyway so this is just a little little clip that uh, was in the new york times like i said so as the reason why I'm going to get into this is because I'm going to show you this first clip because in Canada in right now we have the largest uh, carbon tax from, the, from any other country. We pay huge on carbon tax. And you kind of say to yourself, okay, we pay carbon tax. The States doesn't pay carbon tax. Mexico doesn't pay carbon tax. But we're on the same continent. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody, but... I'm going to let this person here that's looking after the best interests of Canadians, the uh, Federation uh, of uh, Taxpayers, he is going to explain to you about this carbon tax. It just happened to the Canadians all this year. Here you go. Halifax, where tomorrow Nova Scotians will pay the single biggest carbon tax hike in Canadian history, courtesy of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. So over one day, the carbon tax will go from two cents a litre of gas all the way to 14 cents per litre of gas, a 12 cents per litre of gas tax hike, and that will cost a family about 10 bucks every time they fill up their minivan. The carbon tax increase alone, no wonder Nova Scotians are barking mad about the carbon tax. The carbon tax will make it more expensive for the necessities of life, like driving to work, keeping your home warm, or every time you go to the grocery store. All told, the carbon tax will cost the average family here in Nova Scotia $431 more this year than what they get back in rebates. That's according to the PBO. 
And to make matters worse, on the very same day as the single biggest carbon tax hike in Canadian history on Nova Scotians, the Trudeau government is also imposing a second carbon tax through fuel regulations. Now these carbon taxes, all economic pain without the environmental gain, and that's why we're going to keep fighting them. So I've said this before in another podcast, is that it doesn't matter how much money you throw at them, at the government, give them, you can give them trillions and trillions of dollars. You can literally go broke. Not going to change the weather. It's just not because this weather is cyclical. This has happened uh, for years, and this is just the way it works. And uh, if you don't believe me, listen to some of these other people talk. I got this one uh, fellow here. I think it was from a TikTok video, and uh, it's kind of bang on because it's science once again. This guy isn't a scientist, but listen to what he has to say in regards to carbon. Check it out. Climate change. So we are told carbon emissions are responsible for climate change. So CO2 is the culprit here. So let's destroy this narrative with their own numbers. In the example of Canada, we are paying a carbon tax because Justin Trudeau deems it necessary for the people to pay for their own emissions, their contributions to this climate change. We are emitting a lot of CO2, so we are causing these climate problems. I don't see any problems, but okay, let's go with that. There are 318 billion trees in Canada. One mature tree clears or absorbs 48 pounds of CO2 per year. This means 7.6 billion tons of CO2 are absorbed by trees every year. Now, it is estimated that 545 million tons of CO2 is produced in Canada every year, which means the trees in Canada, and I'm not talking about all the other vegetation other than trees. I'm not talking about that. We're not including that. Which means trees only in Canada absorb 14 times more than the carbon emission of Canada, and we are made to pay a carbon tax. So tell me again what it is about. Is it about climate change? It's not. If there's no CO2, we're doomed. It cannot be life without CO2. Now let's talk about the U.S., There are 228 billion trees in the United States with the capacity to clean 5.47 billion tons of CO2 every year. And the U.S. produces 5 billion tons of CO2, which means the trees only absorb more than carbon emissions in the United States. So what are we talking about? Now let's move a little further. There's an estimate of 3 trillion trees around the world. The worldwide CO2 emission is at 37 billion tons, but the trees around the world absorb 72 billion, almost 73 billion tons of CO2, which means the trees around the world have the capacity to absorb twice as much carbon emission. Wake up, there's no CO2 problem. There's no carbon emission problem. There's no climate change. Wake up, people. So... Like I said, that guy, as far as I'm concerned, he's not a scientist, but he's using numbers of trees and absorption. And I've said this before about landmass. Landmass absorbs CO2. And, of course, trees need oxygen. Or Sorry, they need uh, CO2. And then they give off oxygen for us to breathe. So it's like a symbiotic relationship, right? So it's like you said, you need CO2. You need it. The trees need it. All the greenery needs it, but they absorb it, and then they turn it into oxygen, okay? So that was just that gentleman's take on it, and I think it was, uh, I think it was cool, spot on. So we're going to move on down. Let's, let's go to a, um, a gentleman that was on um, uh, CNN, I make it- and uh, he was on with uh, Brian Stelter. Of course, Brian Stelter is no longer with the CNN, but uh, they probably didn't want to have this guest on because of what he said and how he said it. So... Uh, Watch this gentleman right here. Check it out. Darn clear, Mr. Kenny's not a scientist. I am. He's the CEO of the Weather Channel now. 
I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot I'm of cable news. Now. Hold on just well, a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that is that it is a consensus. Well, there is no consensus in science. Science isn't a boat. Science is about facts. And if Do you hear that? Science is about facts. It's not a consensus. This is not someone's opinion. It's about facts. Carry on. If you get down to the hard, cold facts, uh, there's no question about it. Climate change is not happening. There is no significant man-made global warming now. There hasn't been any in the past, and there's no reason to expect any in the future. There's a whole lot of baloney, and yes, it is. it has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform, and I regret it's become political instead of scientific, but the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder, well, I know though, we're is when not, you because see you wouldn't the... allow it to happen on CNN, but I'm happy well, that we, I got on the air and got a chance to talk to your, uh, to your viewers. Hello, everybody. What there I do, is no global warming. What I do wonder <laughs> is when you see the government, when you see NASA, when you see other institutions say that 97% of climate scientists agree, do you think they're making it up? I, I, what I don't understand is how you well, square that. Well, that's a manipulated that. figure, and let me explain it to you. Uh, the the uh, government puts out about $2.5 billion directly for climate research every year. It only gives that money to scientists who will produce scientific results that support the global warming hypothesis of the Democrat Party position. So they don't have any choice. If you're going to get the money, you've got to support. I want to make it darn. So basically what he's saying with the, with the government, those people that are, are agreeing with them and stuff, they're getting the money, they're getting the support, right? So they're, they're getting the funding that, that, that they want. So they'll say anything they want. It's, a, right? it's, it's that simple. Anyway, so that was kind of a cute, uh, cute little clip about CNN a little while ago, and that guy was an actual scientist, so was something he explained. So this next gentleman that I'm going to post on here, his name is uh, Ian uh, Plimmer. He's from uh, Melbourne, Australia, and this guy just nails so many things. Uh, it's incredible. So listen up, pay attention what he's what he's saying, and hopefully you'll. Uh, be enlightened a little bit more. I have demonstrable facts. These facts are validated and these facts are repeatable. Fact number one, no one has ever shown that human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warming. Never been shown. And if it could be shown, then you would have to show that the 97% of emissions, which are natural, do not drive global warming. Game over. We are dealing with a fraud. That's a scientific fraud from day one. We hear the propaganda that increases of the gas of life, a trace gas in the atmosphere, will bring a disaster and that we will have runaway global warming. Sorry folks, we've known for 200 years from chemistry that it's the exact inverse. Now I'm sure some of you tried this last night at the dinner with a champagne or a beer 
and you forgot to drink it and it warmed up and it kept bubbling and bubbling and bubbling and bubbling. And that is the inverse solubility of carbon dioxide. We've known that for 200 years. We see it from the ice cores. When we drill into ice, we have chemical fingerprints that tell us what the temperature was and we have little bits of trapped air. And we can show that when we had natural warming, some 650 to 6,000 years later, we had an increase in carbon dioxide. It's not carbon dioxide that drives temperature. It's the exact inverse. Another fraud. You're about climate scientists, whatever that is. Now, in geology, we have a 250-year track record of arguing about climate. Textbooks are full of it. We've been labouring about climate for a long while and then there's this sudden new invention of climate science. And I had some of these when I was head of department at the University of Melbourne and these are embittered, obscure, unemployable academics funded by your taxes and those taxes are to fund these people's hobbies and the end result of that is that they put good people out of work and they cost our nation trillions. So there's one group of people that use models, another group of people, I mean, this is, this is really sinful, we use evidence, and the <laughs> two are not in accord. And if they're not in accord, you've got to throw out the models, which we've seen time and time again are incorrect. So we can look back in the past, and we can see that we've had six great ice ages during that ice age, we'll have the ice expand, that's a glaciation, or it will contract, that's an interglacial. We are currently in an interglacial of an ice age that started on a Thursday 34 million years ago. <laughs> and the ice has come and gone. In our last interglacial, sea level was about seven metres higher. Temperature was about five degrees warmer. So if someone says, oh, this is the hottest day on record, you have to ask, since when? <laughs> if it's the hottest day in the last 120,000 years, then that is a record. But um, since when? So if we go to the peak of our interglacial, which was about 4,000 years ago, it was about five degrees warmer. So it's cooler than the hottest temperature on record. If we go to the time of Jesus, when it was warm, it's about four degrees cooler than then. If we go to the Dark Ages, go to the Viking Age, we've actually warmed up since then. If we go to the medieval warming, we've cooled down since then. And if we go to the Little Ice Age, we've warmed up since then. So since when? And I know this is going to surprise you, but we've just come out of a Little Ice Age. What do you think temperature is going to do? Fall or rise? <laughs> it's been rising since the minimum more than 300 years ago. So it is no surprise that if you have cut off times for temperature or for sea level or for hurricanes or whatever, you can spin whatever yarn you want to spin. Exactly. These six great ice ages started when we had more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than now. We have 0.04% of that gas in the atmosphere. Zero point Zero. Think of that. And we hear words like emissions. Well, that means nothing to me. 
because the atmosphere has changed in its carbon dioxide content from over 20% to now, which is really low in geological time. If we halved it, all plant life would die and animals would die. Exactly. So it's um, quite lightning when you listen to a scientist actually talk about science, right? Talk about core samples, talk about CO2 levels, and uh, talk about time frames and ice age, right? But you'll still have the people, like you said, about spinning yarn. You'll have people that will spin whatever yarn they want. They go, oh, it's getting hotter, it's getting colder, the weather's, you know, it's been changing because of this, that, the other. Um, it's just simply not true. It's just simply not true. So this uh, last clip I'm going to show you is actually from a, uh, a fellow that was uh, um, doing a Senate hearing about climate change. His name is Dr. Don Easterbrook. You can find this guy online. He's uh, on a, been on a few different, uh, few different clips. Uh, this particular uh, senatorial hearing was um, about 10 years ago. Uh, but it all stands true because the, the evidence is the evidence. So uh, I'll let him go ahead and play a bit. Uh, this is about uh, a little bit less than 10 minutes long. I'll try to jump in uh, a little bit when he's talking, and we'll uh, move forward. See what he has to say. To begin with, uh, I need to uh, say who I am, primarily because there has been a lot of politics injected into science these days. And so uh, I am simply um, a geologist with uh, 50 years of expertise in and research in global climate change all over the world. Uh, I'm a lifelong environmentalist. Uh, I am a scientist. I'm not political. I don't have any particular bias towards either party, so I have no political agenda. I'm not associ associated with or funded by any business group. I'm not a shill for big oil, big coal, big anybody. All of my research has been funded by governmental agencies. And I'm currently working uh, actively with an international group of geologists, atmospheric physicists, meteorologists, astrophysicists, oceanographers, and sea level experts, and other scientists in, in various parts of the world. You know, that's where I'm coming from. I thought I might start by uh, listing some things that you probably don't know about or haven't heard about because the news media isn't telling you. And I've listed a few of them here. There are a lot more, but some things that I will touch on later uh, in the presentation, uh, and that is the global warming ended in 1998. That may come as a surprise, but I'll show you the data for it. And it is indeed true, and that has been admitted by the chairman of the UN group that has been pushing uh, CO2. As so if you look at, if you're reading the top part when it says there's been no more global warming in 15 years, either, this was about 10 years ago, so it's had another 10 years on that, so now it's been 25. It's causing climate change. Even he admits there's been no global warming in 15 years. Uh, the Antarctic ice sheet is not melting, contrary to headlines you'll see about every other day that the Antarctic ice sheet is melting at an accelerating rate. It not only is not melting at an accelerating rate, it's not melting at all. The main ice sheet, and I'll show you the data for this, uh, is in fact growing, not melting. So we don't need to fear that the uh, ice caps are going to suddenly melt and cause all kinds of problems for us because they aren't. Sea level uh, is been rising globally and also locally at a rate of about seven inches per century as we thawing out from a little ice age which occurred about 500 years ago. And the projections of anywhere from five feet to 20 foot rise of sea level, uh, as you'll see when I present the data, uh, is, is uh, beyond reality. 
snowfall is not below normal. There have been headlines from time to time about in the Cascades, um, certainly, that the snowfall in the Cascades is diminishing because of global warming. That's not true. For the past five years, have set snowfall records, both uh, globally and in the Cascades. Um, CO2 cannot possibly cause global warming. That will come as a shock to you, I'm sure. And the reason. Did you hear what he said? It cannot cause global warming. Shocker. The reason is that there's so little of it. Uh, it is a trace gas. It has increased uh, in its atmospheric content by only eight one-thousandths of one percent. If you double nothing, you still get nothing. And I'll, I'll comment more about this lately, uh, later. Eight one-thousandths uh, of one percent. storms are not more frequent uh, than um, normal. When we get a big snowstorm in the east, they say, oh, it's because of global warming. When we hear about a, a hurricane on the east coast, they say it's because of global warming. Uh, it isn't. Uh, and I will show you data that shows that actually the extreme events, severe storms, are actually declining. They're not, they're, they're not becoming more frequent. And uh, finally, you may be surprised to know the oceans are not acid. Oops. Uh, Mr. Chair? So what I did was I looked at specific issues that formed the basis for Senate Bill 5802, and I listed six of them. And so what I did was I pulled out data that relate to all six of these premises that are uh, inherent and formed the basis for Senate Bill 5802. Uh, regardless of, of the language of the bill, this is what uh, the bill was based on um, as, of, as of this weekend. Um, and I'll, I'll, you can read them, but emissions of greenhouse gases is a principal cause of climate change. A lot of data, I'll show you that. Sea level is rising at an increasing rate because of global warming. That's not true. I'll show you the data. Frequency of severe storms is increasing because of global warming. That's not true. Reduced winter storm packs and decreased summer stream flow is not true. Increasing acidification of the state's marine waters. That may or may not be true in terms of the, of the state's marine waters. Certainly it's not true of the oceans globally. Uh, and finally, the production of more electricity from renewable energy while phasing out coal-powered electricity uh, generation. I'll just uh, show you some data that shows what, what this would cost and uh, without commenting on whether coal plants are, are good or not, I'm not particularly um, talking about global warming. Um, there's nothing new about global warming. Uh, it goes on all the time. It has been going on for thousands of years That'd be at called much higher cyclical. rates, much more intense for longer periods of time than we've experienced in the last uh, period of global warming since CO2 began to be elevated. Uh, this graph shows temperature on the, on the left-hand side and the date year uh, on the bottom. And what you will see is that um, there was a period of cooling from 1880 to 1915. Temperatures were going down. This is a, a global record. And then from 1915 to 1945, the climate warmed. And then it cooled again from 1945 to 1977. And then it warmed again from 1977 to 1999. And since 1999, it has cooled slightly. Not a lot, but slightly. So what does that mean? Well, if we go back to the warming that occurred from 1915 to 1945, shown by this curve here, global warming occurred without any increased CO2 in the atmosphere. This was before the big surge of uh, CO2 emissions after World War II in 1945. So if you want to uh, put a, a mental 
uh, line in 1945, that's the breaking point between increasing CO2 and, and insignificant changes in CO2 prior to that. So this warming took place prior to increased emissions that occurred after 1945 and cannot possibly be ascribed to CO2 as a cause. Cannot be. And then in 1945, global emissions begin to escalate very rapidly. And for 30 years, um, as the escalation continued, and we put more and more CO2 in the atmosphere every year, we had 30 years of global cooling. So the question then is, if we've had escalating CO2, which is supposed to cause global warming, why did we have global cooling during the initial period when CO2 was escalating so rapidly? It doesn't make sense. And then finally, there was a period from 1978 to 1998 when global temperatures rose again and CO2 was still rising. CO2 has been rising throughout this whole, whole interval. So there's only one period when CO2 was rising at the same time the temperature was. And we can take that back even farther if we go back 500 years. So now he's going to go back 500 years and you're going to show you cooling and warming. This graph shows essentially uh, temperature on the uh, left-hand side and the year AD on the bottom. Each one of these red peaks is a warm period. Each one of the blue peaks is a cool period. Climate is not constant. It's changing all the time, and it changes in cycles. Uh, warm, cool, warm, cool, warm, cool, with about a 30-year uh, uh, time span between each one. So we could count these uh, warm periods, and we can count 20 periods. If we go back even farther, if we go back. Now he's going back 10,000 years. Almost all of the past 10,000 years was warmer than present, according to this graph. 10,000 years. Uh, this is temperature on the right hand, left-hand side. Sorry, it's not labeled. And uh, these are years before present on the bottom. Uh, the red curve you see here. Are, these are temperatures that are higher than the present temperatures. And so this is 10,000 years ago at the left-hand side. This is present on the right-hand side. Look how much of the last 10,000 years the temperatures have been higher than they are now. Almost all of the last 10,000 years, except for the period beginning about 1,300 years ago, almost all of that, the temperatures on Earth were actually warmer than they are right now. This is, warming is nothing new. As a matter of fact, it's the norm for the last 10,000 years. Do you hear what you just said? Warming has been the norm for about the last 10,000 years. The blue periods here are from the Little Ice Age, which was a period of global cooling that occurred from about 900 AD um, and may still be going on uh, for, for all we know. So what about all the claims in that temperatures are warmer now than they have ever been? These are apparently not true. And they come, those claims come from manipulation of data. Uh, here is the, the real original data. Uh, the hottest year of record, uh, number one for the number of, um, this is the number of um, temperature records that were broken. Number one is 1936. Everybody has acknowledged that 1936 was the warmest period warmest year of this century until NOAA and NASA began to manipulate the old data and made it cooler. And then they elevated the recent temperature, made them warmer, and so they come up with a headline saying, oh, it's warmer now than it was then. This is Okay, so 
That guy's name is Dr. Easterbrook. Please go online, check him out, see what he has to say, but you'll get the idea. Hopefully, this podcast has given you a little bit better idea in regards to uh, the global climate, scientifically. Because facts, they don't give a shit about your feelings. They don't care how you feel about it or blah, blah, blah. It's facts. It's science, and this is the way it's been for tens of thousands of years. Unfortunately, we have bad weather. We have good weather. We have warm days. We have bad days. But people you know, will say, oh, look at all the hurricanes, like I said at the start. And, you know, it's global warming or all this heat. It's global warming. It's nonsense. We're paying a tax to a government for something that's just not true. Imagine that, right? But people should speak up. People need to get a hold of their MPs, their, uh, their MPPs, uh, people down the states. Get a hold of your senators and all that fun stuff. Uh, Congress, congressmen and, and women, and um, you know, and say why? Why are we paying tax for this? Well, especially in Canada. I mean, we're we're paying stupid, stupid tax. Uh, what to, to change the weather? No, this has been going on, so I don't understand why we're doing it. But anyway, like I said, hope this has enlightened you a little bit. I hope you get a bit of a better understanding of what's going on scientifically uh, on this globe, and has been for the last, you know, millennia. And then some. Um, so that's it. Like I said, hopefully you've been enlightened somewhat and you know information that you didn't know before. Thanks a lot for tuning in to this episode of The Surge Effect. Much appreciated. All you people that have uh, subscribed and liked my channel, please don't hesitate to comment on what, everything you've seen today. Just uh, just go below, leave a comment. What do you think? Are we, you know, are we okay with this? Are we being had? Are you okay paying more tax? I don't know. But go ahead and leave a comment if you like. Let me know how you feel and other people can read it as well. Um, I can also be found on uh, any iPhone, any Android uh, application for uh, for podcast. Just go to your podcast app, type in The Surge Effect, and you will see my TSA with my microphone. I can also be found on Rumble. And I can also be, just go to rumble.com, type in The Surge Effect, because if this video gets taken down, it goes right to Rumble. Uh, Rumble doesn't censor stuff. Um, I can also be found on uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, I can also be found on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So with that being said, thank you all very much again for tuning in to The Surge Effect, and have yourself a fantastic day. Cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsshe-shirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, the surge effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.